Welcome back to the Catching Feelings Podcast. Woohoo! Yay! So, we have a little life update for today's episode. Special news. Yes. Nikki got into the University of Washington Pharmacy School. Yay! Everybody clap for Nikki! Aw, thanks. (laughs) So, let's talk about, we've mentioned in the past that you went to look at Florida and you didn't like it, but hopefully you like Washington because you're going to go on a trip tomorrow to go see it. Yes. Well, it's not that I didn't like Florida. I love Florida. We all know that. But it was just not what I expected. I think it's someplace I could see myself going for undergrad because it's fun in that sense. Like, it's a college town. But I definitely couldn't see myself living there as an adult. Right. But Seattle's definitely more of a city, so I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, and it's like someplace that you would want to live after you graduate. And a lot of people live where they go to school because that's where they end up getting a job. So I want to go to a place where I could see myself living after I graduate. Right. I want to know, how competitive is it to get into pharmacy school? Honestly, I don't think it's that competitive. Um, I know UW is more competitive than other schools. Like, there's this test called the NAPLEX, and it's like the pharmacy boards. And they have a history of having like a 99 to 100% passing rate. And the national average is like an 80% passing rate. So they're pretty up there in the rankings. If I'm not mistaken, I heard that UW is a top five pharmacy school. Yeah, it definitely is. So you're pretty smart. Up there. We already covered this. I'm smarter than you. Yeah, I'll admit it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I'm planning to be there for four years. Well, I was planning to be there for four years because that's how long it takes to get a PharmD. But I'm actually thinking of applying after my first year to the PharmD PA program, which is five years. Usually it would take two years for PA and four years for pharmacy. But if you do the program that they offer, you can do all of it in five years. So you'd be there an extra year. Yeah basically Eh, it's only one more year yeah to get another degree also like pa is a lot more versatile and i think having both degrees would be good well i'm proud of you nikki thanks micah (laughs) so you're going on your trip tomorrow Uh to washington what are you guys going to do there well we're going to visit the school i know the health sciences area is right by the stadium so the football stadium yeah the football stadium so we're gonna uh look around there walk the campus and i think we're gonna check out some apartments in the area yeah and then also my brother is a junior in high school so he's around that time where he's looking at colleges and where he's gonna apply next year so it'll be good for him to see uw and seattle u and he also plays baseball so where he might want to go to school to play baseball are you guys gonna catch a uw football game Maybe. I don't I don't think we're going to be able to. We wanted to watch a hockey game too, but I don't know if we're going to have enough time. Yeah. So like now that I've already made my decision, I pretty much made it. Like I'm pretty much set on UW. Um where would you want me to go? Between UW and Florida, they both have their pros mm-hmm. and they both have cons. Like I don't think I would have applied to Florida if you weren't going to be there part of the year. You know, that definitely was an incentive, I'll admit that. I think I would only enjoy you being at Florida because it's a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I was in Clearwater still and you're in Gainesville, we would probably be able to see each other every weekend. Mm-hmm. But if you're in Seattle, not necessarily. That's not going to really be the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're halfway closer. We cut the distance in half, but yeah. still across the country. 
but definitely easier to see each other. Mm-hmm. I think Washington is best for both of us. Oh, okay. Your heart seems pretty set on Washington, mm-hmm. so you should do it. Thanks. <laughs> Why is it best for you? <laughs> because driveline baseball's in Washington. Ooh. So I was going to ask, pharmacy school's pretty much all year long, right? Yeah, I think it's a quarter system at UW, so... We go through fall, uh, winter, and spring semesters or quarters. I know there's some work to do in the summer. So I basically will be there all year long. Yeah, I'll probably only come home for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. So with that being said, the plan is for me to spend my off seasons with Nikki, wherever she is. And the reason I want her to go to Washington is because I can go to driveline baseball and train there. Yeah. Honestly, I'm excited to go to school. Like, I'm excited to be done with undergrad. But I'm also mostly excited that, like, taking this next step in my education means that we're taking our next step in our relationship. Like, hopefully, this is the last time we ever live separately in the off season. Yeah. So, I went to driveline baseball before spring training started this year. So, (laughs) this was in January. Whoa, that was this year? Yeah. Wow, it felt like ages ago. Yeah, January 2021, I went to Driveline up in uh, Seattle, Washington. It's actually in Kent, which Mm -hmm. is just outside of Seattle. Anyway, so I spent three weeks there. It was me and probably about 10 to 15 other Phillies guys, and we just trained there for three weeks. So our Phillies hitting coordinator is the Driveline hitting coordinator, so he hooked it up for us. That's really cool. So they just invited a bunch of guys to come down to driveline. Mm-hmm. And the Phillies paid for everything except for food. So they paid for our flights, they paid for our hotel, and they paid for our training. What kind of training did you do? Like full weights, uh, like hitting, throwing, everything? Yeah, so driveline is a revolutionary baseball facility because everything is um, data-based mm-hmm. and it's based on research and science. So the first couple of days there, we just did some assessments. So we did a strength assessment. Oh, we did a motion capture. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. I think I might have sent you a video, but they put the oh. the dots all over your body. You, mm-hmm. You're just in your underwear and they put these dots all over your body. And um, you move around. You go in the batting cage and you take five to ten swings. And there's probably $100,000 worth of cameras surrounding this batting cage. Yeah, we And have, it turns you into a video game. Yeah, we have that in the biomedical sciences department at UH. Oh. And we did that for human anatomy. Well, apparently Driveline is the only baseball training facility that has this motion capture thing in the country. Whoa. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, not a lot of, like, sports facilities would have that yeah so that was the first couple of days and then after that we would just go and train so all of us were there mainly for hitting Mm -hmm. obviously because it's a hitting place it's also a pitching place but we're not pitchers so we went there for hitting and one of the biggest things that driveline is known for is bat speed training so the theory is you swing a heavy bat a light bat and then your regular game bat and so the heavy bat is basically like weightlifting it makes you stronger in theory and the light bat teaches you how to move really fast and then hopefully that transfers into your game bat but yeah i really learned a lot at driveline it was a good experience and i hope to go back did you meet anyone else at driveline who trains there in the off season segue (laughs) (laughs) so this was kind of mind-blowing it was our first day at driveline 
and these two Japanese guys walk in the door. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it is Seattle, so maybe there are some Japanese guys. But you don't see too many six foot four Japanese guys. Besides yourself. Well, I'm mixed. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see too many six foot four Japanese guys. And I'm thinking to myself, this is obviously during COVID, so he's wearing a mask. And I'm thinking to myself, is that Shohei Otani? There's no way. I didn't know he was here. And it was. It was Shohei Otani and his translator. Wow. So did you go up to him? Well, the first day, I definitely did not interfere with him. I, w- I just wanted him to, I don't know, it doesn't feel very professional to go up and fanboy. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I feel like it happens a lot in Provo where some people either end up playing against or playing with people who they idolize. And then it's like a funny interaction. Yeah, but after a couple of days went by, we kind of settled in at driveline. I decided, you know what? I should introduce myself to Shohei. So I did a little deep diving into the back part of my brain to dig up some Japanese terminologies that I learned in high school. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that deep. You should know that we both took Japanese honors for six years. So... No, it definitely took some deep diving No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're just being humble. But I decided to go up to Shohei and tell him, Hi, nice to meet you. In Japanese. In Japanese. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looked at me shocked, like shocked. Mm-hmm, because you just look like a 6'4 white guy. Yeah. Who's speaking Japanese. <laughs> and he probably thought that I just went on Google Translate and like looked up how to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I just left it at that. He didn't say anything. He just had a blank look on his face. <laughs> and he just kind of nodded at me. Uh, he's also kind of shy yeah. too though. So that was that. And then the next day, I felt like I had to redeem myself because I wasn't sure if I offended him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this time I went up to his translator instead of Shohei. <laughs> and I tried to explain to him, my last name is Yonamine. Mm-hmm. I'm Japanese. I'm from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him about my Uncle Wally. Mm-hmm. Who was We've actually the- never talked about Uncle Wally on this podcast. Yeah, but if you didn't know, Uncle Wally, he was in the Japanese Hall of Fame for baseball and he also played for the 49ers yeah but i asked the ipe to ask shohei do you know who uncle wally is and he said no and i was actually surprised yeah that's actually shocking um all the baseball fans that i know who are from japan well maybe they might be in a different generation than shohei like a little bit older but they all know who i'm talking about when i mention his name well i mean uncle wally played during like right after world war ii which is what like the 1940s Mm -hmm. 1950s Mm mm-hmm that would be like me not knowing who like Jackie Robinson is or someone once told me someone who was from Japan um, in an older generation told me that if you don't know who Wally Onamine is, it's like saying, I don't know who Babe Ruth is in yeah, America. Exactly. Because Uncle Wally was the first Japanese American to play baseball in Japan post World War Two. And he basically changed the game of baseball in Japan. Like nobody ran the bases as hard as he did before he came over Mm -hmm. like he just did everything 100 percent, and actually like drew a lot of comparisons to what jackie robinson did when jackie robinson first emerged so i introduced myself to shohei in the first week Mm -hmm. you know after a few days time went by and i think it was the last week the third week that i was there and it was shohei bullpen day and his normal catcher who normally catches him a guy who plays minor league baseball for the orioles he wasn't there that day i'm not sure why or what happened but he wasn't there. 
So Shohei comes up to me and asks me to catch his bullpen. <laughs> so I, I was like, uh, yes, of course. I started putting on my catcher's gear and he tells me, no gear. I'm thinking, what the heck? He wants me to catch him with no catcher's gear on? I mean, I guess he is a big league pitcher, but no catcher's gear. It's still a little scary. But anyway, so I go in there with just my mask and my catcher's mitt and a cup, of course. And I catch a 10-pitch bullpen for Shohei Otani. <laughs> I think it's funny how he felt the need to let you know that you didn't need your gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he just wanted to throw yeah. right now. Yeah. He didn't want to wait for me to get my stuff on. Well, it's actually crazy because... So we've been following Shohei for a really long time. Like, I think a lot longer. Before he... Like, when he was a rookie, we were yeah. following him. Because we're of Japanese descent and we obviously speak Japanese. So we're really into the Japanese players when they do emerge in the MLB. But I remember at this time... This was earlier this year also. Um, one of the pharmacists that I work with, he's a big baseball fan... And I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, do you know who Shohei Otani is? Because, you know, I was going to tell him the story that you got a bullpen for him. And he's like, oh, no, who's that? But then now he talks about Shohei nonstop. (laughs) So it's really over the course of this season that he blew up. Yeah, because before this year, I think Shohei had Tommy John, I believe. Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. And he was out with a bunch of injuries. So he hasn't really played a full season. But... He went to driveline this past offseason and had a breakout year. I think he hit like 43 home runs or something crazy this year. Yeah. And also pitched at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's just nuts. Yeah. In one of his interviews, he said that the reason he got so big, like if you look at his physique this year compared to last year, he's like so much bigger. And he said he did that to prevent injury. And yeah. clearly it worked in a lot of different ways for him. Yeah. And now he's an MVP finalist. Yeah, so good for him. Way to represent Japan. Hopefully he wins the MVP. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. If I was to come spend my offseason with you and you're in Washington, I would have to drive from either Florida or Pennsylvania to Washington. Doable, I think. How many? We don't know a lot about road tripping because obviously we live on a very small island. So an hour drive to me is like a really long time. I think the longest that I've ever drove was probably like two hours only, like straight. Yeah, the longest I drove by myself was to Gainesville Yeah, from Clearwater. I think the longest I drove was from Clearwater to Disney World, which was only like an hour and a half maybe. Yeah, so I don't know if you'll be able to do that. You might have to do like an Amtrak or No way. I looked it up. I looked up Amtrak. If I was to do that, I would have to go from Florida all the way up to like North Carolina and then go across the country. So it would be like over 100 hours. Wow. You might just have to do without a car. No shot. There's no way. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I mean, if you have a car, then it won't be that bad. Mm -hmm. I can't leave my car behind for the whole off season. We could share a car in Washington and share a car on the East Coast. Yeah, I believe Florida to Washington is like a 35-hour road trip. That's definitely yeah. going to take a whole week. I remember someone did a road trip from California to Omaha when I went to school there. And they told us it took 24 hours. <laughs> so we'll see how that one goes. I might just have to suck it up and ship my car. But I definitely want to try the road trip at least once. Yeah, I mean, it would only be twice a year. Yeah. One time there and one time back. Right. So, and who knows? You might enjoy it. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah, you could stop in Omaha. No. (laughs) 
Well, I'm sh- I know of some guys who live in California and Mick lives in Oregon. Portland, so mm-hmm. I'm sure I could drive back with some of those guys. Yeah. Do they usually drive or do they usually fly? The people who live on the West Coast. My first year, I know like three guys who drove back to California together. Mm-hmm. But this year, I think they shipped their cars. <laughs> they probably got sick of that road trip Yeah. real fast. I mean, if you do it, like, for the first time with your friends, it could be fun at first, but then, yeah, you may get tired of it after a while. Yeah. Maybe you could rent an RV and then take your car across the country. Oh, that's actually a good thought. Yeah. Like, like tow the car from the back of the RV. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it for three days or something. That could actually be, that's got to be cheaper than shipping it. Yeah, and it's more enjoyable. And you could do it with multiple people. I don't know how that works, though. I'd yeah. Have, I would have to look into that. That's yeah. a good thought. Another thing about Hawaii is we don't have RVs, so. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm like a huge RV fanatic. Yeah, even though, have you ever been on one? No, I've never been in one. Yeah, I've never even no, seen. No, I have. I actually have. Oh, really? We, uh, me, Shaden, and Aaron mm-hmm. were in California, I think. Okay. I, honestly, I can't remember. We were New in Mexico. High, no, we were in high school mm-hmm. playing summer baseball and Shaden's like auntie had an RV like she was visiting California I guess she just drove down to watch us play some baseball and she brought her RV so we went over to the RV park and she cooked us dinner and we hung out and it was the greatest experience of my life (laughs) like I wouldn't even know where you're allowed to park your RV like can you just go to Walmart or I think it's some places it's allowed but there's like RV parks yeah like I wouldn't know how any of that works, so it would be cool to find out. At some point in my life, I definitely want to get an RV, like rent one or buy one, I don't know, mm-hmm. and then just like travel and see cool places. Yeah, I wonder if you could rent an RV the same way you rent a car. People who are from the mainland probably think we're so stupid right now. But... No, I think you can. <laughs> I've seen TikToks of it really? where people rent RVs. Oh, okay. Everything on TikTok is true, so. You know what my dad actually just told me today is, uh, here's a thought. So he would fly to wherever I am to mm-hmm. end the season and make the road trip to Seattle with me and like drop me off with you. And then he would fly home, obviously. But he said along the road trip, we can stop in a bunch of places and watch Major League Baseball games. Mm, that would be super fun. That would be cool. How many MLB stadiums have you been to? Uh, I've been to Angels, Padres, Cubs, White Sox. Phillies, of course. Phillies. And that's it. I wanted to go to Rays this year, but we didn't get a chance to because they didn't make the post. <laughs> well, they made the postseason, but they didn't make it very far. So we were hoping they would win one more game and then come back to Tampa for the ALDS, mm-hmm. but they didn't. But like even like me, I've only been to West Coast stadiums like the Dodgers, Angels, Oakland. I've oh, never, I've been to Giants too. I've never been there. Padres, Phillies, and the Mariners. That's it. Oh, I've never even been to Mariners. I've only been to six out of the thirty MLB teams. Wow. So, which is kind of a lot considering, you know. Yeah, but I'm just saying if me and my dad were to make that road trip mm-hmm. and watch some MLB games, we'll probably see some pretty cool stadiums because yeah. we're going all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah. What's your dream stadium to visit? One, two, three. Fenway. Fenway. Whoa. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of saying Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley was mine and then I went there. So. I think Fenway's a little cooler though. The thing I like about Fenway and Wrigley is, like, the, the classic old-school baseball feeling. Mm-hmm. The history. Yeah. That's what baseball's about. But, anyway, to add to my point, the only cool thing at Wrigley is, like, the ivy and the outfield wall. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Something about Fenway is different. 
I think it's, well, obviously the green monster. The field is, like, shaped weirdly. I don't know. It's the history behind it, too. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, though. Like, let's say I'm in Pennsylvania, right? Mm -hmm. Or Jersey Shore, because High A is in Jersey Shore. That's in, like, the northeast. So for us to drive from there to the northwest, we're not going to drive south. So we would only go through... Twins. Yeah, like Minnesota, Chicago. Brewers. Oh, yeah, Brewers. Yeah, those are some good stops. Yeah. Okay. Question of the night. We're about to leave you with some food for thought. Do you believe in manifestation? Manifestation? Damn. You know, I only say this because I think a lot of the things that I've accomplished are due to manifestation. But prior to accomplishing such things, I didn't know what manifestation was. But now that I know what manifestation is, I'm a huge believer. Mm -hmm. I think it's become sort of a fad to be like, oh, I'm manifesting this in my life. I'm manifesting this in my life. Okay, there's these people on social media that just use it completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think manifestation is less about a magic potion that grants you wishes. And it's more about putting yourself in a mindset where you set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. By first believing that you can accomplish something or that something will happen to you, you put yourself in that mindset to take all the steps necessary to accomplish that goal. Yeah, that's that actually brings up something that I learned in mental skills Mm -hmm. with the Phillies. So it's called secure the bag and bag is an acronym. So the B stands for belief, right? So the first step to achieving goals or like getting better is to believe in yourself. Believe that you can do it. Believe that it's possible. The second step is A, which is action. Take action, right? So you believe in it already. So what am I going to do to accomplish that goal? I need to take action, right? And then the last is growth. So when you believe and you take action, then you grow and you achieve your goal. I think that's what, that's basically exactly what you just said, but I just made it sound cooler. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's totally true though, because a lot of people, I think, don't end up accomplishing amazing things because they don't believe that they're allowed to. Like, they don't think that they should be able to accomplish those things. And relating this back to pharmacy school and UW, UW was my dream school since I was like five years old. Mm -hmm. And then I always talked about it from like seventh grade through 12th grade. Yeah, I remember. But when it came time to apply for colleges, I didn't apply there because I think I felt like I wasn't smart enough and I didn't deserve to go there. So I, because I didn't believe in myself, I prevented myself from even trying to go there. But if I had spent that year saying, I'm going to get into UW, I'm going to go to UW, then I would have obviously applied and then set myself up for success because I probably could have gotten in there for undergrad. Yeah. So I think manifestation isn't something magical that happens. Like it's just a word to encompass how you should live your life to achieve your goals. Yeah. And I think there definitely is something psychological that happens where like if I tell myself, okay, well, I've had so many small wins like throughout my life so far Mm -hmm. that I said I was going to do that. Like, for example, I said, I'm going to go to this showcase and I'm going to get a D1 offer or I'm going to get drafted or whatever it was. But I said I was going to do all those things and it happened. And I think there's something about saying it that kind of like clicks in your brain, even if you wake up the next day and... You don't even think about it. Like, I don't wake up the next day and think, okay, I need to go work out because I want to get drafted. Yeah, because I said I'm going to do this. Yeah, because I said I'm going to do it. But there definitely is something that goes off in your brain that kind of pushes you to 
achieve those goals yeah yeah and it actually talks about this in the bible too it's like the power of the tongue and i totally believe in that when you speak things into the existence it is so powerful that's why words are so powerful when god created the world he said let there be light he spoke it and it happened speaking things is like so powerful and i think you're totally right like it's the power of just saying things out loud yeah you have to say it out loud yeah even if you don't believe it at first i think eventually you will so secure the bag believe action growth <laughs> thanks for your little mental skills lesson <laughs> well because you said yeah the first step is believing and then mm-hmm. after that you said you have to take action or whatever and i yeah. was like that's exactly what we talked about in mental skills i should become a mental skills coach <laughs> i think the philly should hire me as a new mental skills coach yeah hannah if you're listening just know that i listened in your in your speech so remember guys secure secure the the bag bag. (laughs) and and manifest that's our food for thought don't abuse the word manifestation yeah i agree for unnecessary things because there's people that i see online and they're like manifesting more money in my bank account like yeah like you need a specific goal yeah I am going to do this. I will achieve this. Yeah. And not just, I'm going to get rich. Yeah. No. Well, like, that, you can I say that. I think you have to you take want. small steps. You can't just, like, I don't know, one there's, thing at a time. Yeah. There's a science to goal setting, and we will definitely have to revisit this subject. Yeah. There is a science to goal setting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. But we have to hash it out one day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Catching Feelings podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and rate us on Apple Podcasts. No one has done it so far, so just do <laughs> Also, please drop any questions that you have or topic suggestions. In my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. No, don't be sliding into my girlfriend's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye.